Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome everybody to the Human Conversation. I am so excited. I have a lady with me who is fabulous. She's fabulous. Gillian Whitney, who is a partner at Launch for Life. She runs this wonderful business with her sister. We're going to find out all about that. But first of all, Gillian, welcome to the Human Conversation. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and I'm honored to be a guest on the show that I listen to. So I'm such a fan. So to actually be on the show and then when I get to listen to this episode and take Max and I tell him it's me, it's going to blow his little dog brain. <laughs> right. So, excited. so I need to just explain to our listeners that, well, obviously you've just told everybody that you are a fan of the podcast, which makes me very, very happy. And I know that you do religiously listen to these episodes, which is so lovely. Thank you, Gillian. I really appreciate that. But you also do it while you are walking your beautiful dog, Max. So, yes, of course, who's currently hidden under the blankets there. He's in the it, back. He goes, it's, he goes, it's dark out. I'm under the blankets now. It's winter. It's dark. He's like hidden. So he might he might make an appearance by the end of the show. We'll have to see. Which is lovely. And of course, you need to be watching us on YouTube if you want to see that one. But otherwise, Max is uh, positioned beautifully on a chair at the back of Gillian. And he often joins us when we have our virtual cuppers and the likes. But we have to say that Max is also a fan of the human yeah, conversation. He absolutely loves it because it means he gets to walk. He gets a nice long walk. So it depends if it's a short episode, 20 minutes, Max kind of like hungers for a bit more. He likes the 30 to 40 minute episodes best. Which is what we try and uh, deliver for you, Gillian. So, but how amazing that this episode is going to have his mum on it. So that's just yes. brilliant, isn't it? So, so just, um, you know, I, you know, the score with my human conversation podcast, it's very ad hoc. It's very much a conversation, but I do like to start with where you started in your career. Cause I think that's just a really nice place to build up to getting to know you a bit better, Gillian. We've had lots of virtual cuppers. You've also worked very kindly and done a session in my membership group. So I do feel like I know you a bit better than, you know, each time we chat, I feel like I know you a bit better. Tell me what you wanted to be when you left school. Oh, my goodness. That was a long time ago. So I got a degree in psychology of all things. And I really didn't know what I wanted to be. And all I knew was I love to learn. And it's like, and we talk about in your in your book, you have to figure out what your strengths are in business and sales. And my strength, my superpower is I learn things. And so when I left university, I didn't know where to go, what to do. So I went to the greatest place where you can learn, which is a public library. And I became a library assistant and I worked in a room called Telephone Reference where I answered every question under the sun 
We had six, uh, six lines, phone lines, and people would call in and we basically had to just pick up the phone and come up with an answer and always cite a credible source. I couldn't just make stuff up. And it was, you know, kind of started my whole training of learning how to do things. And that's why I laugh and I call myself the Google goddess, but I was learning and Googling before Google was a thing. And I was trained to do online searching when I worked at a library. And from there, I transitioned on from learning to once you learn how to do something, then you teach it to others. So the natural transition was becoming a technical writer. So I left the library after about five years, went into the corporate world, worked as a technical writer, moved up the ranks, became a computer trainer, and then I started doing online curriculum development. So that was sort of my natural path in corporate America. And then, like a lot of women do, you have kids. And then it's like, okay, a little bit of a transition because I wanted to stay home with my kids, but I needed to still find a way to make money. And I found that doing writing, I did some ghost writing and uh, did web, web development books. And that was probably like, if you talk about your biggest challenge, my, one of my biggest challenges was documenting a book as a ghost writer. So there's absolutely no fame or credit. You just get a check at the end. <laughs> That's it. And I wrote this book on how to design front page web designs. This is like, you know, probably about 20 years ago or 15, 20 years ago. And I didn't have a clue, but I had to write this and tech writers, we don't have to know how to do it. You just have to follow the process and document it. But the challenge with this book was it had to be funny. It was like, oh my gosh, like if it's not hard enough to, you know, teach somebody, but do it Ta-da! Everything <laughs> had to be funny. Oh, it was so hard. It was so hard. So, but I kept. I wanted to take my kids to Disneyland, so I just kept. I just kept at it, so we'd have enough money to go to Disneyland. So I remember doing that, and that was just that was a kick. And that's kind of how things have always been. It's like learn something, teach others. Learn something, teach others. So I have done. Um, what, as I raised my kids, I was actually a homeschool mom. You probably, I don't know if you know that about me, but I, no. I, raised my, I raised my kids at home and I became a homeschool mom because my kids were bored in school. So I just went, okay, I'm sure I could just, you know, teach them myself. And they just kind of taught themselves. I was in homeschool groups and we did co-ops and all sorts of different things. And my kids were like so bright. They did so well. And then I continued to work as I raised my kids. So I ended up doing um, online courses for uh, charter schools in, in America. Charter schools are like a public school, but they're like not run by the government. So they're private, private schools that you can go to, but they, they don't charge for those. And they started to have what was called virtual charter schools. This is all pre-COVID, but now you're just like, so what? Like, yeah. what's the big deal? That's it was cool. a big deal. It was a big deal back then. And as my kids kind of hit that high school age, I thought, you know, now they're doing some advanced math and science. They probably need mentors. And so they made the transition to virtual school. And I started doing courses for the elementary kids. And I actually did a course called Become a Google Ninja. And I taught little kids how, 
everything about Google, Google Calendar, Google Docs, Google Drive, Gmail, the whole bit, Google Hangouts, you know, because there wasn't Google Meet yet. And what was surprising was that the parents were also going through the courses and going, I don't, I need to know how to use Google. And that's when I began to say, hmm, maybe that would be the next step for me. And that's actually when my kids, you know, they went off to university and college. That's when I began working with my sister and said, okay, I think it's time to teach adults, you know, take all this learning theory and let's repackage it and do it for adults. And that's kind of how Launch for Life came to be. Gosh, do you know, uh, there's loads of stuff I loved when I was just listening to all of that story. I mean, there was stuff I didn't know about you, which is brilliant. I love that. But the whole thing where you said you were you were kind of Google without there being a Google in the in the very early day, I just adore that. How cool is that as a story? That's just wonderful. And just the fact that, you know, you were able to do that, take that knowledge on board and then teach it back and then learn some more and teach it back. There's a real skill base behind that, Gillian, surely. I agree. I agree. Because I think the number one thing, like the motto that my sister and I put in place with Launch for Life is we make it, we make marketing easy peasy. And we truly believe that, that, you know, we went to, it's funny, when we kind of first started Launch for Life, we were originally going to work with insurance agents. So we were taking, like, you just kind of go, why insurance agents? Like, well, that was a strange niche. But my sister was coming out of a career of 30 years in the finance and insurance industry. I had all this technical writing and course development. And we just kind of said, okay, how can we marry these together? And we thought, oh, let's teach insurance agents marketing and you know how to do different things so that was sort of the blend and what we found was insurance agents at that particular time this is probably about six years ago were like we're not interested they were just very resistant we've always done insurance by going to people's homes they didn't want all the skills that insurance agents need today they didn't want about six years ago so we kind of went all right well We've learned social media, let's do an online course. And we found the danger of doing online courses with things like Facebook is as soon as you document a process, it changes. You know, Facebook just got a, the day we launched, Facebook changed its entire structure of how it does Facebook pages and stuff. And we were just like, okay, there has to be a better way. And we went to a seminar And I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy called Brendan Bouchard. He's kind of big in the marketing world. And we went to one of his like five-day seminars called Experts Academy. And there was authors and speakers and all these different people. And we noticed the one thing they all had in common was they had to market their business and none of them knew how. And they were all in overwhelm. And we went, maybe that's where we come in, is that we could take something that seems so hard and make it easy and that's kind of became our motto making things easy yeah and it is so it's so you and I don't know your sister so well but I've seen you on video together and you're just absolutely wonderful together you really bounce off each other which is so fascinating I want to come back to launch for life um, maybe towards the end of the podcast and really sort of firm up how we connect with you and you know what what you're doing now that's exciting but I also want to 
investigate Gillian a little bit more in, you know, in the interim part of our conversation. I obviously have just heard you've got children. So how old are your children now, Gillian? 25 and 23. <laughs> and whereabouts in the world are they? Uh, one is in Phoenix, Arizona, and the other is in Prince George, British Columbia, Canada. And I'm in Haifa, Israel. So exactly. we're just like really far away from each other. Let me just first tell the <laughs> listeners, this lady has a Canadian passport, an American passport, and a British passport. Is that right, Gillian? Yes. Just tell us a little bit about how this all connects together. <laughs> And of course, Israeli. So now I have four passports and I always tell people, I am not a spy. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the short story is born in Canada, uh, passport number one, moved to the United States. After many years, I finally became an American citizen. And then at some point, my children wanted, who were born in the United States, wanted to somehow, maybe in the future, go to Canada. And I found out they were Canadian born abroad. So I applied to get their passports for Canada. And while I was doing that, I discovered that uh, one of my sons wanted to, you know, look at maybe going to the UK too. And I thought, well, I'll look into that. And then I went, holy cow, I think I'm already British born <laughs> abroad because I was Canadian. And both my parents were born in London, England. So that qualified me. So I got in touch with the British government and I said, what do I need to do? And they said, you don't have to do anything. You just apply for a passport. You're you're already a citizen. You don't need any documents, any papers, nothing. And I was just like, wow. So I filled out the paperwork and I got my British passport, had a cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta have a cup of tea. (laughs) Celebrated, gave a nod to the queen. (laughs) (laughs) Good to go. So it was exciting. So that now gave me three passports. And then with my uh, children growing up and deciding that, you know, they wanted to go do their own thing and, you know, move on and, and go places in the world. I looked at my husband and he looked at me and we said, what are we doing in this great big house in the middle of Northern Utah? Maybe this is a good time to make a change. So we decided that with my business, um, my business partner, my sister lives in Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri. And I was up in like Logan, Utah, Northern Utah. And we went, well, you know what? We can, we work virtually, which means I'm a digital nomad. I can live anywhere in the world that I want. So we started to go, well, where should we live? Where would be a good place to go? So we decided Israel would be kind of fun. Go to the middle of the world, right? It's Middle East, go to the middle of the world. And then we could kind of hop around and, you know, kind of do Spain, do this, do that, you know, just kind of go all over the place. So that was the plan until COVID hit. <laughs> you must so, just you must just tell us the story about when you arrived because because you said uh, you know you kind of landed in Israel didn't you? Oh yeah so we got here about this time last year so we arrived I think like November 3rd we got an Airbnb and we got that for a month just transition. We moved here literally sight unseen because that's the way we roll in my family. We do that. We just move places my family has been doing this for generations. Who am I to muck with uh, tradition? You know, that's the family tradition. And so we showed up in Israel, did not know the language. 
uh, six suitcases, two dachshunds, you know, imported from the States. We brought with us our senior dogs. One's passed away now, so it's sad, but we still have Max. He's, he's American born and bred. And we just said, okay, we're going to live here. And we were just like, oh my goodness, this, we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. This is (laughs) different. This is different. So, you know, we had to get an apartment and, you know, where would we be without Ikea? You know, you just quickly (laughs) buy some things and make some, you know, bed together and tables together and desk and you're, you're up and running. So that's sort of what we did. And then of course, within maybe two months, the pandemic hit and we were stuck. We weren't able to do anything. So yeah. uh, my husband's been trying to learn Hebrew. He took a course for a couple months, but it's really been challenging. I think it's hard to learn a language when you're not really mixing with people. And yeah. you know, Israel has been so locked down. We're actually looking at going into our third lockdown yeah. soon. So yeah, we've had these chats in our virtual cuppers, haven't we, about where we're yep. all at. And even though we're at different places, much of us are going through a similar journey, aren't we, in terms of the exactly. lockdowns. I think we'll exactly. have another lockdown after Christmas. And listeners, if you're listening in two years' time, then you'll probably already know what 2020 looked like for us. All. Yeah, but, we don't um, need to go over no, that. No, we don't, we don't. But I, I'm really fascinated with, because you're speaking to someone now here who has been born in the UK, has actually moved around the UK quite a lot, really. I mean, I've got friends who have never moved from the town we went to school in, and they're still there. But I, I, I feel like you're so brave. I feel like it's so brave to just go to this brand new country that that's unfamiliar, um, a new language that you don't speak. I just feel like that's really something, Gillian. I'm sure listeners will be feeling the same. What what makes you somebody who can do that? You know, what is it about you? I I truly believe it's in the genes because my my parents moved from you know they moved from England to Canada and my mother got on the boat and literally it was the boat she got on a boat they didn't even get on a plane and she moved to Canada sight unseen my father was a um, he was a, a child evacuee from England during World War II and was sent to Canada. And so he went as a little boy, he was like 11 years old and didn't come back to England until he was 16. And it was like a huge cultural shock for him. And then if I go back even further, my great grandmother in 1911, Scottish. So I got Scottish blood in me and and Scottish people are, you know, they're tough. (laughs) She was a widow. And I think she was like maybe in her late 20s. She had two children. And in 1911, decided she wanted to leave Scotland and go live in Canada. And she went as a widow with two small children, sight unseen. And you got to think, no internet, no nothing. She took, she took a boat that took her from, you know, Aberdeen, I think it was Aberdeen was where she actually departed from or maybe Glasgow, I, I can't remember exactly. But she took the ship over, ended up in, I guess, St. John's, Newfoundland, took the train all the way out to Winnipeg, which is in the prairies, and decided to open up a bed and breakfast. And, and so this is in 1911. And it was like, terrible, there was 
blue and all sorts of things, you know, kind of its own, you know, COVID, so to speak. Mm. And one of her kids died and she got sick and she had to go back home. And once she got back to Scotland, she just went, well, now I'll go to London. And then she just moved to London. So, you know, I really feel that if you're, if you come from this kind of stock that's adventurous and, you know, it goes on both sides of my family, my mom and my dad's side, they just always ventured. My mother went to Egypt when she was three. <laughs> Her father was in the British military. So she lived all over the place. So yeah. I think, I think if it's part of your normality, then you just do it and uh, you just yeah. don't even I think so but then I'm kind of left sitting here thinking oh I really I really must be missing stuff because I don't have that gene in me you know and um, actually I could live anywhere in the UK not a problem because I've moved around the UK and I think it's very much also that once you've done something that big and that brave it's then actually not so big and brave the next time you do it if that makes sense so I think it is about stepping out side your comfort zone stuff isn't it Gillian absolutely and and it's funny I I kind of have that as my motto for everything in life that it's like the thing that frightens me I actually lean in and and you know take it on and I remember um I'll tell you a quick story uh so I joined Toastmasters several years ago and Toastmasters is an international organization. I highly recommend everybody to go to Toastmasters. It's the best way to hone your communication skills, your leadership skills. Just can't say enough things about Toastmasters. So when you go to Toastmasters, you know, you learn how to be a better public speaker and their meetings are very, very structured. And one of the things at the meetings is they have something called table topics, which is impromptu speaking. And you don't know what they're going to ask you to talk about. And you literally have to just, they'll just kind of, you know, what's your favorite movie? And you have to get up and just talk about it and no preparation, no anything. And I hated that part. I'd be sitting there and it's like, I couldn't, it was a dinner meeting and I couldn't eat my dinner until we were done with table topics. <laughs> That's my, how I my, would say. My stomach would be in knots because it's like, as soon as I put something in my mouth, I knew they'd call me and then I'd be like chewing and thinking. And ugh. so anyways, I thought to myself, the very fact that you don't want to do this, you should make it your goal to get over that fear. Mm-hmm. And so I took it on and then it, and sometimes you make a statement like that to the universe and the universe goes, well, I'll show you <laughs> little miss bravery here goes. And what it was, was there was going to be a contest for doing the table topics at our club. So I thought, do I really lean in and sign up for the contest? And I went, okay. So I signed up for the contest and I won and then I won for my area and I won for my district. And then I went all the way up as far as you could go, which was a regional conference. It was a district conference. And I think it was like seven states. And literally for this contest, you would be called up and you know everybody was secluded. And so one at a time you were brought out and they would just ask you a question and you had to answer that question. And you had no idea what they were going to ask you. And I'm telling you, 
that was really stretching myself outside my comfort zone because the trick was you, first of all, you had to answer the question. You had to give a logical answer. So it wasn't like you could just yeah. <laughs> you had to really come up with a logical beginning, middle and end, sort of a mini speech and do this without thinking. And so what happens is you have to learn to trust the first thing that pops into your brain mm -hmm. and run with it. And if you think about that, that's a huge leap of faith to trust your your gut, your gut instincts of what's the right answer. And, um, you know, I, I won the trophy. I won the I won first place. So the question was, if the average human lived only 40 years, how would you live your life differently? Oh, wow. What an, what an amazing question. Uh, I mean, it wasn't amazing. I'm sure you probably had a longer answer, but could you pray see an answer as to what you basically said. So what I basically said, because I went with the one tip that was in my head and jumped through and I said, the answer is don't live an average life, live an extraordinary life. I love and then I started to roll and I talked about what is an extraordinary life? And it's about setting goals with time limits and knowing what those goals are. And then I actually threw in this whole thing about, and if you did some really incredible things, maybe the universe would give you another 20 years and another <laughs> 20 years and another 20 years. And the next thing you know, you've got 120 years and you're like Moses. <laughs> I love that. Oh, going on to doing incredible things on the planet so that's basically what I did is I thought well don't be average be the opposite of average what's that extraordinary Absolutely. and I thought it was actually probably what made them vote for me to do it was because they said I took it a totally different way, whereas other people stayed within the confine of what would my life be like if yeah. I only lived to 40 years? And I just went, who wants to live to 40? You know, I got too many other things I need to do <laughs> in my lifetime. So I thought that was a fun thing. Yeah, it's such a great example as well, isn't it, of us sort of stepping out. It's quite interesting, though, because I'm sitting here thinking, but when you were in that library, Gillian, and those people were throwing those questions at you, actually, you were doing the same thing, surely. It's just like drawing on, on that subconscious knowledge, you know, that you had. So exactly. It's interesting, isn't it? So you're already good at this stuff, which is great. <laughs> But how about your children? Do you think that you see the same in your children? Or do you think there's perhaps one who's a bit more going to stay at home and, and one who's going to travel? What's, what's the... They've, the they've, al they've already been traveling. Yeah. So, uh, so my eldest son, as soon as he graduated from university, uh, he went to Taiwan. <laughs> and he was spent a year abroad teaching English because he didn't really know what to do. So he said... I'll go teach for a year and, you know, kind of get a sense of what I wanted to do. And he came back from Taiwan and then decided, I think I'll move to Canada. And he moved to Canada. He packed up his car, sight unseen, and just waved and, you know, off he drove. And he rented himself an Airbnb and just 
drove to Canada and decided this would be home. He went to Calgary, didn't like Calgary, went on to BC, thought that was a good place, stayed there. And he's been there for like three or four years and made a whole new life up there. And then my other son, he, when we left Utah, he decided to go up and live in Oregon and got a job where he went all across the country. And every couple of weeks, they'd move him on to another place. And he's lived all across the United States and then kind of got tired of doing like a, a lot of hotel life, you know, where they'd have a project. And he said it was getting old fast and he wanted some stability. And so um, my husband has a daughter from his first marriage. So of course he has a stepsister. My son has a stepsister, my stepdaughter. And so he decided to go live where she is. So she's in Phoenix and she has, uh, she's married. She has four kids and he moved in with her and now he's got his own apartment. He got his own little house. So, you know, they're very daring too. And that's great. Wonderful. So let's talk about Launch for Life just to finish off our chat today because, oh, it's just been so good to find out more about you and just what drives you, you know, that kind of inner Jillian. I love that, all that (laughs) stuff. Um, Launch for Life. So I know obviously it's about marketing, but you came and did this really fabulous session in my membership, which was all about easy peasy video, really, wasn't it, in essence? And we kind of. Absolutely same journey as the live it love it sell it kind of methodology but comparing making video to that same journey which was so clever and it it was brilliant what I want to ask is if somebody's listening and they're thinking Gillian sounds absolutely fabulous I, I love her backstory and she sounds great what can she help me with what would you say to the listeners is that key thing that you can actually help us with if we came to you so it would have to be video. And we so Launch for Life does all types of online marketing, but we decided to niche down to video. Even though we can help you with email marketing, we can help you with social media, we can help you with LinkedIn and Facebook and you know all those kind of general online marketings. But we have found that for the most part, video is where you get the biggest bang for your buck. And so if you're going to expend your efforts on trying to market your business, video is just going to, it's the, it's the fast, the Disneyland fast pass to being found. And we watched people blogging and we were helping them with their SEO. And then they were trying to find the right keywords and it was taking six months to get in the Google search results. And we went, there has to be an easier way. Well, the easier way is video. (laughs) It's just, you know, if you have something on YouTube and you do a blog post about it, or you put a video about it on YouTube, the video goes first. It just goes to the very top. So the thing is, continue to blog, make your video, embed the video into the blog post, and then people will find your video and your blog. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. that that absolutely makes sense. And the same thing with, you know, social media, like LinkedIn, you and I are both on LinkedIn. That's where we like to play, Uh, you know, do some stuff with Facebook. Primarily it's LinkedIn. And video is just something that people will get to recognize you. It's like marketing is always about, do they know? Do, do they know you? Do they like you? Do they trust you? Video is that next best thing to being there. And I think especially during this pandemic, it's yeah. like we can't meet with people in person. So our video speaks for ourselves. And if people, they start to recognize you in the newsfeed, they recognize you on you know YouTube or whatever, 
that really helps. Yeah. Yeah, it does that really so, helps. It does so much. And I think, you know, video for me is something that I've learned about over the time I've been running my business. I embrace it much more now than I ever did. I was very scared about doing it at first. You know, the different ways you can do videos where you can do these kind of double joint videos, a bit like we're doing today, because I always right. have a YouTube version of the podcast, Gillian. You know, this actually feels really comfortable because I can see you and you're interacting with me. So, But, you know, those other videos where it's just you and the camera and, and you know, those are really quite a, a scary place for people, aren't They're they? They're very so scary. Big advice. Let's just, I know you can't sort of tell us everything in one podcast, but it would be really nice. Give me your top three pieces of advice, if you can, around video. So video is truly all about fear. It's about, number one, Fear of being on camera is no different than fear of public speaking. So it's kind of like going back to the Toastmasters. That's why I tell everybody, go to Toastmasters because you'll (laughs) begin to be more comfortable speaking. And it truly is, if you're more concerned about who you're talking to, you become less self-conscious. So that's just a given. So fear of, of being on camera, fear of the technology, and fear of what to say those are the top three fears people juggle with video. And that's why some people do want to come to someone like me and get a video coach. So, yeah. cause I can help you with all three of those. So what are my top tips for video? Okay. First of all, I'd have to say, always begin with the end in mind. So what is your video? What is it about? What is the call to action? Figure out the call to action. Cause if you don't know that call to action, don't make that video. If you don't really know what you want people to do, even if it's just, I just want them to laugh and put a comment in LinkedIn, that's okay. It doesn't have to always be about sales and it shouldn't always be about sales. Mm -hmm. Again, you just want your videos. You want people to get to know, like, and trust you, but always begin with the end in mind. So know what your call to action is. And also to figure out in advance where, what, equipment are you going to use? I find that is the biggest thing that hangs people up in that they say, oh, I don't know if I should be using my computer or my phone. And if I do it on my phone, how do I get it to my computer and what tools? So you have to kind of work all that out first. What device are you going to use to record? What tools are you going to use to edit? Always add captions. Captions are just an absolute given. given. And, and also to make sure you're making the right video for the right format, which means like in LinkedIn, square videos are awesome because they take up a lot of space in the newsfeed. So I always recommend people try and make your video square. Even if you have the 16 by nine, if you put it in the square format, so you have like a headline at the top and your captions below, that takes up more room in the newsfeed. So people are more likely to see it, which is good. But those videos don't do well on YouTube. So you want to do a 16.9 on YouTube. And same thing with captions. You know, you want those burned in captions on social media. But on YouTube, you want open captions so that the Google gods will crawl through your captions and index your film, your, your videos, and you get a better SEO. So those are all the little tricks 
that you need to know in advance and Amazing. there's a lot there's yeah. a lot to learn there, there is a, a there is a lot and that's why people need people like Jillian that's why um but I love those tips because straight away I think that a listener would be able to go right okay I'm going to start actually doing some of that when I'm making my videos or thinking about those things when I'm planning you know that's they're, they're great aren't they Jillian and 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 keep your tools like I always tell people don't go out and spend a lot of money. Use what you have. If you're, you know, I'll tell people, if you have Zoom, record yourself on Zoom. That's a great way. You could sit and do a PowerPoint on Zoom and record it and then edit that. And, you know, we can go into what editing tools to use, but you could edit that and that's a video unto itself. So you don't always have to go out and buy fancy stuff. Know what your tech limit is because I find people, they get in over their head and they think, oh, I've got to go out and get a green screen and box lights and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, not really. For the most part, people just want to know who you are as a human being. You don't need to make a Hollywood production. You're better to keep it simple and get more consistent content out there than, you know, oh, it's great. It's fancy. And there was ducks jamming and dancing and <laughs> nobody cares about that stuff no that it's just such a good point isn't it I love that so um two more things really I think I'd like to just um let the listeners know about you so if I were to come to you Gillian how do you work with me is it one-to-one and do you do group stuff is there online courses what's the stuff that you put out there Gillian so right now um we have a couple of different options I think the easiest way easy peasy is our motto is to probably just work with us one-on-one that that seems that everybody is at such a different place with video that and we don't know is it the fear of being on camera is it the tech is it not knowing what to say so right now we're finding it difficult to do people in a group because everybody could have totally different needs so we do have an online course that you know, you can, you can, you can take, but I highly suggest working with me one-on-one. Uh, we do offer a 30 minute consult. So it's like, just meet with me for free. Let's figure out where you're at. And then you can either book me hourly, or we do have coaching sessions where we give you a reduced price. If you book, you know, four sessions or something like that. Yeah. So that's the easiest way to work with us is to do either the one-on-one or book us for a series of sessions, but always start with the free consult. Yeah, that's that's great that you offer that. And is this you and your sister who I I would see if I booked in? You do it together as a joint partnership? Sort of one or the other. Uh, Janet, uh, my sister, uh, primarily does more of the roadmap coaching, but she'll do seminars and, and stuff like that. So I'm kind of more in on the video right now. And Janet's kind of doing the other part of the online marketing, but she helps people with their goals, their planning and all that as well, too. So what a part to kind of do it. I love yeah. this. And the best place for people to connect with you, where do you hang out? As if I don't know, Gillian. <laughs> LinkedIn, LinkedIn for sure. I think I'm the only Gillian Whitney out there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, look for me. I'm the only one with the sunglasses on. Sure <laughs> and, we'll, and, we'll and Launch for Life. And Launch for Life. And of course, too, um, I'll give you the link, Jules, but Launch for Life on YouTube. We have our own uh, YouTube channel. And I always tell people, go there because it's like, you'll get a feel for who I am because I just get on video and yak. And, you know, I'm absolutely me. I just 
what you see is what you get. And I go through, I have all sorts of different tools that I walk you through. You might like Loom, you like my Vidyard and this and that and Lumen5. There's so many different tools. So go get some free tutorials and, you know, learn, learn some cool stuff about video. And connect with Jillian whatever you do we'll put all the links in on this podcast so people can connect with you Gillian Gillian last inspiring thing that you want to leave our audience with what would you say to anyone who's listening who's running a business uh, maybe about video maybe just about life traveling what do you want to tell us what do you want to leave us with um, probably following up on a post I did this weekend about don't compare yourself with everyone else. Always remember that everyone on social media is showing what they want to show. So don't feel that everybody else has it figured out, but you, it's like, even with me, it took me many, many years to get into the video game. Cause I thought you had to look a certain way. You had to be a certain personality. You don't. People just want to get to know, like, and trust you. So just, it's okay to be yourself because you're going to attract the people that want to work with you and repel the people that don't. And that's actually really good. But just always measure your progress against where were you yesterday? Where are you going tomorrow? Don't compare yourself with others. Just keep your eyes moving forward and be kind to yourself, be kind to yourself. We're all learning this. We're all holding hands and learning this and everybody can do it. Oh, that's so great. I, I do love you very much, Gillian. I love our chats and I love our virtual cuppers and, and I can just see Max. He's just stirring in the background every now and again. So I know he's listening. He's going to love listening to this podcast and hearing your voice. And listeners, I really hope that you felt inspired. I, I like guests who leave me feeling inspired and Gillian always does that. And I, I think one of the things for me, Gillian, is just this stepping outside the comfort zone stuff as much as people probably think I do a lot of that with kind of the dragon's den and writing a book and all those wonderful things I've done and I, I believe I have definitely stepped outside my comfort zone there are areas in my life where I stay very safe and I stay in my house and in my home and in my familiar area you know and I think those are the places where once this horrible pandemic has eased those are the places i'd like to do more of and listeners please do like and subscribe on whatever platform that you've listened to this podcast on we are live it love it sell it the human conversation and we're on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud and stitcher and of course you can watch our beautiful faces on youtube join us mm -hmm. again next time on the human conversation ta-ta for now You've just been listening to the Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time. <laughs>